0: Welcome to The Mid Podcast, where we talk about random shit, geek stuff, and wrestling. You can find us on the following platforms, Twitter, YouTube, and media.rss.com, all under The Mid Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine, here with my co-host, Brendan. Hello, people. And we have a special guest with us today, a friend of ours from another podcast, Brandon, who is from The Avengers Podcast. And he's here to talk wrestling because it is AEW Review Saturday. What's up, Brandon?
1: Wow. Wow. The ovation I'm hearing right now is unreal. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate you all for welcoming me to the show. You've collected two out of three Avengers. We're like Pokemon to you guys. Uh, so yeah. hopefully you got you to gotta get Clinton to collect them all. So, I got to catch them all. Yeah. You got to yeah. catch them all. So, uh, you gotta,
0: Yeah, you- when Moon Knight drops, I might get Clinton on here. Cause you know, he, he's, he's round up about getting some Moon Knight.
1: Get ready for a 10 hour podcast. That's all I'm going to tell you. So he, he won't shut up about it just even in text. So yeah. Calling you out, Clinton. You can't tell me what to do. I'm on another podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll let you slam Clinton on this one. Clinton, I have you back on your podcast.
1: Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. This is the revenge hour. This is where I just air out my dirty laundry with Clinton.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start with some random wrestling news. So Uh, several tweets have come out from former NXT stars saying Triple H let them have creative control over their character. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, uh I love this segment already because I don't read the news. So this is all kind of new to me. So you're hearing my first reaction. Um and so I will say that just shows you how forward thinking Triple H is. You know, um I think one of the biggest problems with the current WWE product is it's not letting the wrestlers who live and breathe these characters every single day have a uh, have a voice into what they're producing day to day. So I I Triple H is a visionary. Um, I really believe, unfortunately, you know, with his cardiac event where he's kind of placed, you know, been on the sidelines a little bit and all, obviously NXT not beating AEW in the ratings. I think, I think he's been dealt several blows, both physically and emotionally. And, um, but I don't think he deserves any of the flack that he's getting. I, I I truly think he's a visionary. I think he he sees things. He says, Oh, Adam Cole, what do you want to do here? Hey, uh, Gargano, let me let me tweak this a little bit, but you run with this. You know, back in the Attitude era, you know, yes, there was a the Vince McMahon was over everything, but the rock was the rock. Austin was Austin. Even Mick Foley was Mick Foley, and so DX I, was
0: DX. I mean, yeah, you and, wouldn't have seen DX roll up in a tank to WCW it, headquarters today.
1: No, no, you wouldn't. It, it's just to me, it's it's more what I've already known about Triple H. He's forward thinking. He's smart. He knows the future of the business, and I personally think it's a great move. And I think that's why NXT for a while was my favorite wrestling product. AEW came in, kicked the doors down. But before that, I was an NXT mark. <laughs> so, um, and I think it's because of decisions like that. Hey, let the wrestlers be wrestlers. Let them be themselves. You know, that's why when they cross over into the main roster, some of them, you don't know what the hell they're doing. You know, I I, I don't know. Sami Zayn was lost for so long and he was amazing in NXT. Gosh, hell, I'm going to use an extreme example. Bo Dallas, who was just the jobber of all jobbers was an NXT champion, you know, like if you let them be themselves, their stars will shine, you know, now some need a little more direction than the other, but either press that gas pedal or not. And, um, triple H, you're the man. That's all I got to say. That's a short version. It's a smart decision.
0: <laughs> so what do you think about the WWE released in William Regal, Samoa Joe
1: and road dog, um, Samoa Joe Second time's a charm, I guess. (laughs) Uh, They released him once, and now they're releasing him again. Um, Well, they
0: released him once, brought him back, let him win the NXT championship, gave him a fake injury, then fired him again.
1: Was it a fake injury? I I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I did not know that. Um, Yeah, it it felt like Samoa Joe was saved by Triple H. That's at least the vibe I got. It seemed like Triple H kind of put a stop to that. No, no, no. I want Samoa Joe back. And obviously, Triple H kind of being... Absent from things, we see some Joe go. William Regal, um, visionary. I don't understand why, even if you're doing NXT 2.0, you guys need these minds behind the scenes. You do. You need these smart, intelligent, creative guys. 21 years in the WWE, William Regal. Why does it make sense to let him go? I, I don't understand it. Um, Bray Wyatt, who's one of your top merch sellers, you let him go. I don't understand it. This was, I know, months ago, I haven't let go. WWE, I haven't let it go yet. But I, I just, my whole point is WWE is, is getting rid of any and everybody. This is not the biggest news. The biggest news is they are just, no one's safe. And when no one's safe, besides maybe two or three names, how much can you truly invest in a product and invest in characters? Like, as a viewer, how much can I invest in this time? If next week they might be gone um so you create a distrust both within your company and with your viewers and it just doesn't make sense and the only thing they're doing it for and i know i'm not the first podcaster to say it they're selling they are selling they are trying to make their books look good and get as much out of the red as possible so when fox or viacom or someone comes along someone will scoop them up but or nbc universal but right now they're they don't care about the end product they care about The bottom line, which is the, which is the dollar, and that's every decision they're making. So don't try to make sense of it. It's just to save a buck.
0: Yeah, there's rumors that Disney's interested in buying WWE also
1: I would love to see Mickey Mouse versus Donald Duck. Finally, (laughs) finally get to see it in a cage. (laughs) Let's do it.
0: Or I'd rather have Donald Duck versus Goofy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that would. Oh man, Donald Duck he's gonna he that's your first disney wwe champion right there it's gonna there be there you go. yeah no at, at this point i realized wwe is never gonna be what it was that i fell in love with it i fell in love in the late 90s early 2000s that i mean 98 99 was a special time and it will never be that again and uh all i'm doing is chasing that feeling for the rest of my life for wrestling and uh at this point wwe could sell and i would just okay you know they they've, they've let me go as a viewer a long time ago emotionally so it just i would have been devastated if they would have sold 10 years ago but now it's oh, yeah. yeah now i'm just like okay <laughs> it's, there's no emotional attachment anymore
0: well like i said if there's like nothing on on mondays or fridays i'll turn it on for background noise mm-hmm. pretty much but usually Monday I can find some Marvel movie on like TBS sci-fi or something right. to watch. And then Fridays I can do the same thing up until 10 o'clock and just wait for AEW.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I I
0: remember watching like WCW when I was smaller, since I'm the oldest person on this podcast today,
1: <laughs>
0: watch you know, I watched glow gorgeous ladies of wrestling. That's how old I am.
1: Yes. Glow is, uh, I have watched old glow tapes, WCW. I watched late eighties nineties. I, when I got into wrestling, I got into it extreme. Like basically I was into it in 97, 98. I think maybe 96 was the first year I really got into it. It was literally when Hulk Hogan was fighting the dungeon of doom, which was like the shittiest angle in the entire world. I mean, uh, it looked like something from a Nickelodeon set. It was horrible. I mean, it was I Don't know if you guys know Legends of the Hidden Tibble with Omac. That was more believable than Hulk Hogan's feud with the Dungeon of Doom. And yeah. so I but I went back. I was like, let me watch the 80s. And I watched Flair, I watched Dusty, I watched uh, you know, and I bought all these tapes that I could of WCW back in the day. Same with WWF. All right, let's watch Macho Man, let's watch Ultimate Warrior, let's watch Andre. I wanted to know like the full history so I could appreciate it a little bit more. Um So I feel like I got a pretty well-rounded.
0: For my birthday one year, my dad got me tickets to the Great American Bash, which used used to come out, like, in July. And I've seen Ric Flair wrestle Nikita Koloff.
1: Oh, yeah. That's it. i I see see that
0: Dusty Rose wrestle. You know, like, the the old-timey, great, Mm. I got to see wrestle.
1: I remember like Halloween Havoc had this horrible cage match with like Abdullah, the butcher. And like, he had to wear this horrible, like it was like almost like he got electrocuted live on air, but it was so horrible because they like put the mat, like they put this little tinfoil helmet on him, And then all of a sudden fireworks start shooting out and he's just like, and it's, it's, it's the most extreme cringe moment in the (laughs) entire world of WCW. And I was like six years old. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, But yeah, WCW, they went completely like they, you know, we're, WWF would go right. They would go extreme left. Like let us let's, let's put a cage and electric to somebody. <laughs> like let's bring RoboCop into the shit. I don't know. See what <laughs> happens. And uh, yeah, I, I admire them for trying for sure.
0: So last night on SmackDown, mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Brandon. Yeah. They release the names of all the women participants for the War- Royal Rumble coming up. Mm-hmm. instead of it being a surprise they just went ahead and told you everybody was going to be in it stupid. what do you think
1: stupid and i actually got one of those leaked uh for me i i say i don't read the news but i get bleacher report that pops up every once mm-hmm. in a while it makes me read one and she's my favorite women's wrestler of all time i had a huge crush on her when i was 17 18 years old and i still kind of have a crush on her uh high wife i i that's one of my five we have five if we ever met them and had a chance with them that okay so anyway she's probably one of the, the number one number two in my five mickey james i i i've been obsessed with mickey james most of my life and uh they they ruined it like she's the impact champion and they're like hey you, how awesome would that have been to read about if you're not watching it i'm i i don't know royal rumbles my favorite event i'll probably watch uh but like i would have just lost my shit watching that the, the what happened to the element of surprise? What happened to like let's let's shock the fans? Let's you know, Mickey James, especially she's in another promotion. That would have been your Royal Rumble moment for the women's side, and hey, they just ruined it. It's so stupid. So hate it. Absolutely hate the decision.
0: I did too. I thought it was stupid. Mm-hmm. And like you remember back in the day when you would have to like physically pay for the pay per views, and they oh, were yeah. like sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. We would only get. Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and uh SummerSlam. Those were the big three I would always buy yeah. for WWE. Yep. Now it's on Peacock. I pay five dollars. I'm like, yeah, I watch them all.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. I I I think we have Peacock Network and I don't even take advantage of it. Like that's what's so funny. Like, oh, the networks. I I miss when the network was its sole entity. I know it was ten dollars. But you know what I mean? Like, I felt like, oh, there's my corner. If I want to go to wrestling, this is it. It just feels so interwoven. And there's it's just not as easily accessible through Peacock. Um, yeah. I, I miss the WWE Network. I I thought that was a genius move back in 2014. And I hate that they got rid of it.
2: And, like, they had every old pay-per-view. Like, I mm-hmm. would go through and watch some of the old pay-per-views that I never watched before. Like, I watched 2011 Money in the Bank a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. the humble one scene that came back like 06, I think
1: yeah I mean that's uh, that's the thing I mean I really think those I when you said I watched the older pay-per-view events and you said 2011 you don't know how much my soul died on the inside just a little bit because <laughs> I realized how old I am because <laughs> I was like oh which 80s event did you watch and you're like 2011 <laughs> so I'm old too I just want to preface that as well um I want you, if I can find it, watch War Games 1995. I believe that was the Hulk of mm-hmm. Maniacs versus the Dungeon of Doom. Watch yes. that. Just watch that trash, please. Uh, it is, it is need absolute. To go find it is absolute trash. But I it, it will, but compared to today's WWE, it might be right on par. So uh, but yeah, watch it that was the first stuff I got into was Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart feud back in the nineties, mid nineties, not the Montreal Screwjob stuff. Like they're, you know, Hey, I like you. I like you let's wrestle. Uh, I, I love their feud, but in WCW, the first, things i remember was dungeon of doom and hulk hogan and i remember running upstairs to my older brother he was eight years older than me waking him up saying hulk hogan's on tv and he said i don't give a shit and he rolled over and fell back asleep so uh yeah he didn't care about hulk hogan as much as i did at the time but he was also considerably older so he didn't he was too cool for wrestling at that point
0: yep yeah. so you know we're gonna have that great bidding war of 2024 coming up
1: Oh, are we talking about MJF?
0: Yeah, so if MJF (laughs) went to WWE, who would you want to see him do a promo battle with? John Cena, Roman Reigns, The Miz, Paul Heyman, or Edge?
1: no one um because no matter what it's going to be watered down. He's not going to be who he is right now if he goes to WWE. I yes. and I mean that with all due respect. I love MJF and MJF's a smart businessman. He is going to go wherever the cash tells him to go. And hey, good on you, dude. But I will say, you're not going to see the same skating, cutting-edge MJF if you see him on a PG product. You're just not, you know. Um, so, as much as I would love to answer that question, I hope, I, 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 just, and honestly, the way WWE's saving, they might have the Brinks truck to back up, but would they want to? You know, he's not this huge, big dude. You know, he's just a, he's just a he's i don't know vince needs a big strong tough roman reigns kind of dude to get like to really put some money behind I, I don't know if they'll do it but yeah the short answer no uh none of the above because now would i want some of them to come over to aw and that happen? yes i think you would see that you know i'll filter but no in the wwe it's just not going to be good so i don't want to see it
0: i agree with that
1: yeah
0: what is it i told you brendan i said i will back up my money so Tony Khan can back that Brink's truck up.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, 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 I will don't. be
0: supporting AEW so I can keep MJF in AEW.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're okay, Catherine. Your whole, your sole job is to keep MJF in AEW. All right, you have two years. Go.
0: <laughs> I got two
1: years.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think I might have to sell a child. Bye, Brandon.
1: <laughs> no, that, no selling children. I think that's illegal. I don't think that's a good business practice.
0: it. Yeah. it. Two years. See, your sister will have her master's degree maybe she'll be a professor by then i can get some money out of her
1: there you go there you go that sounds like a good plan. i like that one more
0: if you give me a little more time i'd have my phd i would have some more money
1: there you go there you go uh get me after uh i've paid off a lot of my wedding and then i'll be there
0: <laughs> there you go so let's do our 2021 review so match of the year who do you got brandon
1: Oh, I just want to preface this whole thing uh, where I know I'm going to sound like an AEW mark. Uh, I apologize, uh, but I didn't watch much WWE this year. So I just want to preface Neither that. did
0: we, so probably all of ours are AEW too.
1: Okay, I just didn't want to seem like I'm biased. I just think I've only seen one product. So let me just preface that. That is, a, hey, whatever kind of Kool-Aid you like to drink, I'm not saying it's the wrong type of Kool-Aid. Uh, I just have a, a thing for orange. So um, match of the, we're on match of the year right now?
3: Yes.
1: Oh, okay. I would have to say... Omega and Danielson won. Um, I think That's that what was have. that was the sixty minute uh, time limit draw. draw. Yeah, mm-hmm. I <clears throat> I love this match. Um, it was a dream match. It was Brian Danielson who just came off of, you know, this amazing run in WWE. Now he's coming to AEW. He's having a dream match with the guy in AEW. I know there's a lot of good up-and-comers, but Kenny Omega's the guy, in my opinion. And it was everything I wanted it to be. The drama was there. And then they went to a draw, which was that old-school storytelling. Remember Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat used to go to draws all the damn time. And it was great because it didn't make either man look weak, but it also provided such entertainment value. And I think it was it on Dynamite? I think was that the first one? Was it on Dynamite? Yeah, I
0: think it was. Yeah, I, think it was. And,
1: and I and I just I don't know. I was captivated. The story they told <clears throat> was one that, yeah, I just I can't say enough good things about it. And it was basically AEW saying, "Hey, this is why we this is why we brought this guy in." And immediately, we had we didn't have to see Daniel Bryan have these tune-up matches. You know, we didn't have to see him kind of take the punk route. Where okay, let me do Darby Allen. Let me do Team Taz. No. Daniel Bryan's right in the mix right away, and as he should be. Um, so yeah, and it was a it was a wonderful, wonderful match. And we've seen quite a few Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, excuse me, matches. Uh and uh it was it was actually hard to choose from a couple, but this one definitely just because the the hype surrounding his debut and taking on Omega, that's what puts it over the top for me, and that's why it's my match of the year.
0: Yeah, that was mine too. What do you have, Brendan? Danielson versus Hangman, the first one.
1: I was, oh, that one was good too. I was stuck between those two. You, yeah. What made that one so special and stick out to you, sir?
2: Just the same thing like the Omega match. It was mm-hmm. a draw, and just everything about that match fit and it was entertaining, kept people invested into the whole match that went an hour. And that's hard to do.
1: I agree. I agree. And it's funny because it used to be like I remember Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12 going an hour was like unheard of. Like, oh, my God, they went an hour, you know but old school, like eighties marks, remember our matches were just the norm. And, you know, like it was great. And now I love that AEW is bringing that back. You know, if you can, especially in this generation where this, this is your biggest enemy, this is your biggest enemy. And to have someone literally put that down and watch it a, a match for an hour, no less, and keep them captivated. That just tells you so much about the performers and, the one commonality in that is Danielson was in both matches. I mean, that's keep that in mind for a little bit later when we talk about other categories. So, yeah.
0: So our next um, category would be event of the year. I I have full gear. I have full gear because it is the only pay-per-view I've ever seen for AEW.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, we went
0: to the movie theater to see this. Like, We had planned to meet Brendan's sister to see Eternals. Yeah, She backed out. I'm like, well, I can't refund the tickets. Might as well go see it again. Yeah. And they had up their AEW full gear. And Bree's like, mama, we should go. I'm like, okay. But we ended up going to the movie theater twice. I would. I'm like, if they do Revolution in March at my local theater, I'm going to be there.
1: (laughs) That is awesome. I I think there's something so fun about movie theater experiences, especially like those closed caption events where it's live and people are like, Oh, that that's awesome. All right. I'm not going to say my pick. I want to, I want to go to Brendan first. All right. What do you got, man?
2: I was tied between full year and all out.
1: Well, then we're just going to be the worst podcast in the world because I was all out 2021. So we got two votes each all out 2021 because you had top to bottom, one of the greatest matches. Ooh, I can't talk about it too much. Actually, I will, I will segue (laughs) the bucks and the lucha brothers the best tag team match of the year you had it right there and to me you had the debut of adam cole and brian danielson everything popped off the the matches were incredible the debuts were not wasted they were surprised they were awesome and it was just it was AEW, and we're here we're here and uh you know and basically those guys that couldn't keep the the ones that you love in wwe they're here now and we're going to use them to their full ability i did not expect adam cole to come out i did not you know brian danielson it was pretty pretty heavily rumored obviously i think you heard it on our podcast on brings the awesome we were that's all i was speculating for two weeks was when danielson was coming out um but yeah the the debuts the matches all out 2021 by far the best of it
0: yeah, what what's up with with your brain? The awesome podcast, I miss it.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's it's one of those things where. Adam and I could not figure out times. And it's funny, we used to like to record right after Dynamite, but then Disney Plus started putting out content on Wednesdays as well. So it just created this weird timing. And then I was like, well, let's record Thursday. Well, he's busy Thursday. Then it's like, what's the point of putting it out if we're recording much later? And it's just, we still talk every single day. He actually is texting me right now. We're we're still good buddies, but we just got to figure out scheduling. So I kind of took it off the air until we can get some things back on track.
0: Well, when you get it back on track, make sure I'm your first guest.
1: <laughs> all right. Sounds good. You got it.
0: All right. Our next one, male wrestler of the year. Who do you got, Brendan?
2: I got Omega.
0: Brandon.
1: I've got, I've got Brian Danielson is exactly what we talked about earlier. He's in all of our match of the year. You know, to me, the guy reinvented himself this year and Started a new company and he's still kicking ass. So, Brian Danielson.
0: I will say this about Danielson. He looks more hungry now in AEW than I ever seen him in WWE.
1: Completely agree. I think you're seeing him without the filter. Yeah. yeah. I think you're seeing the true Brian Danielson, the true American Dragon. So,
0: any guesses on who mine is?
1: I'm, I'm yeah. trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know who it could be. I don't, you know, for the life of me, I I don't, I don't know. Catherine, could you tell me?
0: My heart would say MJF because, you know, I'm a Maxwell girl, but wrestler <laughs> of the year, Kenny Omega.
1: All right. All right. Kenny Omega is my absolute favorite wrestler. I won't lie, but Brian Daniels got it just a little bit for me. So, I
0: mean, my heart would go with MJF, but overall
1: you made the right decision
0: wrestling performance i'd have to give it to omega yeah all right female wrestler of the year
1: i am going to go with mickey james i'm just kidding actually uh i i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm not that obsessed but uh i will say uh d m d dr Britt baker she is absolutely wonderful she I really think she's big responsibility. Uh, uh, she's a big part of why Adam Cole came over, not because Britt Baker was in AEW, because Britt Baker became a star in AEW. He saw okay, you know. And don't get me wrong, she did a lot of it herself, but AEW put her in these matches. They put her. They focused on her. They focused on building this brand. And you, in order to build a brand of women's wrestling, you need a marquee star. Britt Baker is that marquee star, and she she. She's so amazing on the mic. She's much better in the ring. She was very green in the ring a couple of years ago where I could barely watch her. I'll be honest with you. I didn't. I thought she was very, very okay. yeah, this is hard to watch. No, she's not there anymore. She's confident in her ability and that's showing in her in-ring work and her promo skills by far up and away. Britt Baker ran away with this category.
0: Now, I will say this about AEW. Like, I've never been a big women wrestlers fan. Like, that's usually my key break, refresh my drink break, whatever. Yeah. But the women in AEW will keep my attention. I will sit here and watch a full match with them.
1: See, that's awesome. That is awesome.
0: We went to holiday bash and who was who was the women wrestling? Was it Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose?
2: Uh Ruby Soho and Nyla Rose.
0: Okay, Ruby Soho and Nyla Rose. Oh. And like Nyla's not that big. You know, it's not like big, big people know her. But I was invested in that match and I sat there and watched that match. Well, yeah. normally I would have probably been there playing on my phone during that match. Yeah. But yeah, they've done I think they've done better in their women's division than WWE because WWE focuses on one or two women and that's it. Everybody else is trash to them.
3: Yeah, no, I
2: agree. And the other thing with WWE women, they use the same three people. Like how many times have we seen a Charlotte Flair Sasha Banks match?
1: Oh yeah. One too many times. Exactly. One too many Yeah.
0: So, uh, I, Brandon, who do you have for your woman wrestler?
1: DMD. Yes.
0: Oh, say, Brandon.
1: Smart decision. I like it.
0: Okay. I'm going to be the oddball here.
1: Oh I no. I have
0: Dave Cargill.
1: Oh, okay. That's a good one though. That's a good one.
0: Just her, her presence in the ring. I know she's still a little green like, even in her championship match on Dynamite, you could see, like, a couple of mistakes mm-hmm. in the match. But I think she she should be Female Wrestler of the Year.
1: That is Storm, by the way. That is Storm from X-Men. Yes. You can't tell me any yes. different.
0: I said that the other day. I did say that, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. She, I agree with you, man. She just, oh, I cast her. Just let her be Storm. I hope she can <laughs> act decently, because if she can, she's she's got the look, 100%.
0: So. she has the look down pat. Yes. So our next category is tag team of the year. And <laughs> you got Brandon.
1: This is this is the most difficult one and that's such a compliment to tag team wrestling. Remember when it was like, "Oh, Big Show and Wrestler B are a tag team now because there was like WWE just didn't care about the tag Throw team. Throw
0: anybody together. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> like, oh, who's who's two people that are not doing anything right now? Oh, okay. Um and I gosh, there's so many I want to go through, but um, and this could be this could be a little bit of my biasness. <laughs> But I'm gonna stick with what I wrote down last night when you sent me it. I'm gonna stay stick with Young Bucks. Um, I, I think the Young Bucks are <laughs> they're such they're, they've gotten to this new weird level of like their promos, like we're the rich kids and screw you. And, <laughs> and you're like, I hate you guys. But when you see them in the ring, they they every match is elevated when the young bucks are in it. If they're in six man tag matches, if they're in these huge 4v4 cage matches, if they're in a regular traditional tag team match, you know when you see Matt and Nick Jackson in the ring, okay, all right, you're going to get at least another star added to the match quality. Um, And that's why I think they win. Um, Lucha Brothers was a very close second. Very, very close. I have
0: the Lucha Brothers is mine
1: if someone said Lucha Brothers is the tag team of the year, I'm going to say, I agree. If someone says young bucks are tag team of the year. I'm going to say, I agree. I, I, I think those two teams are so, so damn good. Uh, but young bucks just because of how consistent they are. Um, and they're a little less reckless than the Lucha brothers, you know, and that, that's why I've got to put a uh, young bucks slight advantage over them.
0: Well, I, I think like the young bucks, MJF, they have that persona where if they're bad guys, you like them kind of mm-hmm. you can hate them yeah and if they're good guys you would like them i call it like the triple h effect oh because yeah back in the day triple h could be a good guy he could be a bad guy you loved him regardless
1: yeah you like, almost loved him more when
0: loved him like like when he tried to be bad and get the fans to boo him they were still cheering
1: yeah yeah triple h was one of those like when he became a bad guy he became a badass and so people liked him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he listens to Motorhead and he just wants to break people's faces with a sledgehammer. That's awesome, you know? Yes. Um, but like when he's a good guy, he's a badass who listens to Motorhead and wants to break people's face with a sledgehammer. You're like, you know, it's the same dude, just a little bit more attitude on it, you know? And it's, it's
0: like three, there's three wrestlers all time, I would say ha- that can do that. Triple H, Randy Orton and The Undertaker. Yeah. If they're bad or good, You still like them regardless.
1: Yeah. No, I remember The Undertaker was a bad guy. For a long time in the '90s, and then all of a sudden, people were just wearing Undertaker shirts everywhere, and they're like, "Why? Why is this guy a bad guy?" They just turned him because of the fan reaction. But he didn't do anything different. They just basically stopped billing him as a heel. Like he, he didn't try to bury people because he hated you. He just tried to bury people because it was revenge, and that was it. That's all they tweaked with the Undertaker character. He stayed the same. His motive was just slightly tweaked, so it was more of a babyface. Angle they came from. And yeah, I, I think Undertaker's a great example. You just can't. I remember he like buried Paul Bearer in cement. People still loved him. The next night he came out, he was getting cheered. Like, you just murdered your longtime father figure. And everyone's like,
3: hey, it's Undertaker. <laughs> that,
1: that was exactly like, like me personally. I'm like, ah, all right. We don't care about morals in professional wrestling sometimes. Sometimes we do, but sometimes we just throw it completely on the wayside. Like, you know, Undertaker killing Paul Bearer.
0: Cool. Cool. Who's your it, tag team, Brendan? FTR. Wow. See, that's I was going to go with FTR because, you know, I'm a pinnacle girl, but I went with the Lucha Brothers. <laughs> Why so what FTR?
1: Made, yeah, I was going to say, what made FTR stand out to you?
2: I, I, I enjoyed them in the ring this year, and mm-hmm. I love the Young Bucks, but I feel like we saw more of FTR as a whole than what mm-hmm. we saw the Young Bucks. Because they were
0: always with the, li- the Elite. Yeah.
1: That's a very I good can... point.
0: Alright, what is your tag match of the year?
1: Oh, I've already spoiled mine.
2: Oh, I know mine too.
1: It over-ended.
2: Be. Lucha Brothers, Yombuck, Steel Cage.
1: There it is. There it is.
2: Like, do I have to say anything else? That is hands down. The best tag team match
1: of all time. I can't argue with you. I I, I cannot argue with you. And I when I watch that match and just the insanity that unfolded, I will go a step further. That's not one of the best tag team matches of all times because it is. It's one of the best matches of all time, you know, and that to me catapults it even more. I would probably put that in the top 10 matches of all time. And usually tag team, it's that stigma of, oh, okay, you know, the rock in Austin and these huge names like Michaels and Bret Hart. And, but no bucks and Lucha brothers. The fact that they're under the same roof is awesome, and uh, they're that that's one of those I could watch them highlight any main event in any pay per view, and I'm gonna buy that event right away. So, yes, a 100% agreed with you, man.
0: I have the Lucha Brothers and Jurassic Express.
1: Oh, okay, was that the okay? When was this one?
0: What's this one was Street? this past weekend, this Don' dynamite when they won oh, the tag.
1: N- you're in 2022 already.
0: I know they've had some good matches together
1: (laughs) yes they have but that's a great match though honestly that is a great match and the emotion coming out of Christian when he was congratulating them like that it was such a beautiful thing to see like you could tell because that was the guy who stood up top with edge on the ladder and the chairs and you know and just he knows how much a tag team championship can mean and when he was just I could feel his emotion for those two guys. And I know that's a weird thing to talk about. I'm talking about Christian here when they just won the belts, but it was a beautiful thing. I thought it was, it was a real emotional raw moment. And I love also that all the tag teams came out and stared them down and kind of you're, you're our target now. And it built that extra layer of storytelling that AEW is so good at.
0: Best moment of the year. Who wants to go?
1: I will let Brendan go first.
2: So, mine's a tie again.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: And it's Punk returning in Chicago and Colin Danielson showing up on the same night. Mm.
1: Hard Hard to argue any of those. CM Punk's return after seven years away wins everything for me because one, it is in Chicago. It's his hometown. You can't script that any better. Two, yeah, I think it was the biggest event AEW had ever done at that point. <clears throat> three, he'd been gone for seven years. Cole, we saw a few weeks prior on NXT. Danielson, we saw him a couple months on WWE. Seven years away, and Punk comes back. Um, I will say this. Punk's return has been a little lackluster for me until he met some dude with three initials. Um, uh, that, Maxwell, Jacob
0: yeah, Friedman.
1: <laughs> it, it's turning for me because he's got elevated... Talent to work with. And I mean that as a huge compliment to MJF more than anything. But I will say, moment wise, punk wins. You know, I think Cole has had a bigger impact. Danielson has had a big, bigger impact. No one's had a bigger moment than that moment when punk came back. And that's why I've got to put CM Punk at top in that music, you know, where, you know, cults of personality just blasts and we all lost our minds, you know, and it was, it was an experience and it made it exciting to watch wrestling again and uh that those are the moments that you just you hold on to as a fan because they won't happen again those huge <laughs> you don't see people take a 7 year hiatus and come back that doesn't happen often especially in this day of social media punk he stayed hidden and uh he uh it was just a wonderful wonderful debut
0: so i would have to agree best moment and i have two yeah the punk return and the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving promo between Punk and MJF.
1: Ooh, I like that. I like because
0: that. AEW had never done a 20-minute promo like that. And in them 20 minutes, every fan sat on the edge of their seat on every word both of them guys said back and forth. And people were actually going on YouTube as soon as it was over, you know, like, hey, did you see this? And your friends at work, no, they're going on YouTube and seeing it. And like they had, a million views within the hour i so the MJF and punk promo wednesday before thanksgiving
1: i think you're spot on there because it i like i said i fell out of wrestling for uh, the latter half of this year and um just because it's been so crazy you know with a lot of my personal life you know good things but still personal life and so it was funny adam texted me right after that mjf uh, cm punk promo and like he's i was at work actually it was the next day at work he's like hey dude did you watch dynamite last night that's usually like there's something you need to see (laughs) no i didn't he goes watch punk and mjf just just get the tnt app you don't want to go on youtube watch the full thing like it's it's worth your full attention your time and so i got home after work turned it on and just was yeah same thing what you said Catherine i was just glued to the screen i couldn't look away and it's it was just what an amazing and this is what i'm talking about mjf elevates people i really do um at least build he elevates you know and i i there's some people that can build you in a ring and there's some people that can build you where you just have to see their match mjf it has the build down 100 and uh yeah one of the best moments and mjf He's the real deal. He is the real deal. We knew it before, but golly, he was, yeah, he, he's awesome.
0: Yeah, if you haven't seen Stone Cold, Steve Austin does an interview with him, MJF, while he's still, like, working the independent scene.
1: I did. Have haven't seen this.
0: I'll have to find the link on YouTube, but it is hilarious. Like, okay. MJF stays in character. He cuts Stone Cold down, and I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are cutting Stone Cold down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, cell like, phone is an icon. Yeah, and I was, just, but it is great. I'll have to find you the link and send it to you, and you have to listen to it.
1: I'll definitely check it out.
0: So those were my best moments. So our next category is what the f moments of the year. Mine was Kyle O'Reilly showing up at Holiday Bash.
1: Okay, what made it? Even a though WTF? it had been no, no.
0: rumored, been rumored that he was going to show up just to see it in person was awesome as hell.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. Brandon, what was your WTF moment?
2: The O'Reilly debut? I'm a huge fan of Kyle O'Reilly as well. I loved Mm -hmm. on the suited era. So and when he came out, I was jumping, screaming what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs)
0: This is my impression. I know our (laughs) listeners can't see this, but Brandy kid, this is my impression. Okay, so we have aisle seats. I'm sitting on the first seat. Brenda's in the second. Yeah. Kyle runs says oh, What the fuck? My-
1: <laughs> 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 That's awesome. That is awesome.
0: And I'm sitting here, die laughing at him. I was like, I hope they're not thinking I'm being rude, laughing at. Kyle Raleigh
1: showed up. I'm loving it. this fool I brought to wrestling. <laughs> oh, I'd be, I'd be, I would be doing the exact same thing. I I would be losing my mind. I would do the, the snake charmer. I do that a lot. Anytime I'm watching wrestling, I do this. So um, I will say mine is a downer and I apologize, but I'm going to say a WTF moment of the year is releases, releases, releases. Uh, from Bray Wyatt being released from all these amazing t- uh, Bray Wyatt was the best thing I'd seen in WWE. When The Fiend was on, I would turn on the TV. When Firefly, Firefly Funhouse was on, I'd turn on the TV. I would wait for that, turn it off. You know, his match against Finn Balor when he redebuted as The Fiend was one of the best things I've ever seen. I actually showed people that weren't wrestling fans that match, and they said, I want to see more of this guy. And he to release Bray Wyatt, to release all these amazing names. And there's way more than just Bray Wyatt. I mean, Braun Strowman could have been your big show for the next, you know, 10 years. You could have had him just completely, John Morrison, completely underutilized. Just literally, they treated him like he hadn't done anything 10 years since he left, prepared him right back with The Miz, and just away he went, you know? And he had great matches at WrestleMania when there was no one in the audience in these ladder matches. And they just the lack of loyalty, the lack of respect to some of these talents. And now we're seeing now no one's safe. William Regal been there 21 years. It's a WTF moment. It's literally like, you know, I read a tweet the other day and I don't want to bash WWE too hard, but it said, how can you support this product when they don't support their employees, when they don't support the people that have put into it? And it's, and uh, you know, and it sucks. It sucks. And I, you know, before the, the selling thing became the the hot topic. Oh, they're selling. I remember, you know, I told my wife, Hey, this is, they released this person. They released that. She goes, they're selling. Brandon, they're just cleaning up their books. They are selling. No one's no one releases this much unless they are trying to make their books look good. And I was like, Holy shit, you're right. And then all of a sudden on the internet, it went everywhere that they're selling, you know, and. I've
0: seen that same tweet. And to me as an employee, I'd be like, why would I even want to work here? Just hurry up and release me. Or yeah. if my contract was up. I'd be like, I don't want to renew.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's why you're seeing, because there was this huge exodus of talent. And then Adam Cole's contract came up. Kyle O'Reilly's contract came up and they were like, Hey, you can come to the main roster. And they're like, wait, no, do you see what happened to those guys? Why would I, you know, there's no loyalty. And so, see, like, you,
0: I, for instance, I was a big fan of Karrion Cross when he was in NXT.
1: Oh, he was, he was great.
0: And then when they brought him up, they pretty much made him a jobber.
1: Oh, yeah. It, it, it literally was
0: to Jeff Hardy. Yeah, and, I mean, I understand Jeff Hardy's a veteran and he's had some great matches.
1: He had a, he had a chance to make a marquee name for him right there because you would have beat a former WWE champion who's kind of a mid Carter now. And it would have mm-hmm. l- l- immediately to a lot of fans. Oh, Karrion Cross, He's the real deal. But instead, you flipped it and you made him a joke and he was undefeated in NXT he comes up and loses his first match on the main roster in unceremoniously fa- just a horrible fashion. And so, yeah, so you just, they don't know what the hell to do. And it almost felt like they were just spitting in Triple H's face at that point, too. Like, hey, this is, this is, you know, gosh, they just have braun breaker or whatever just like kick the old logo and just destroy it in his entrance the other day you know they just basically you know
0: whose son that is though don't you braun breaker
1: rick steiner Steiner. the dog face i remember brendan's never
0: heard of the steiner brothers i need to he needs to go back in and watch some of their might
1: be a better person for not having heard of them but uh, (laughs) just no they were a great tag team back in the day
0: one of them wrestled wrestled for the university of michigan they're big michigan fans
1: yeah. They, that they, helps you, Brent. <laughs> yeah. They are they are Michigan boys too. So uh it's just well, you
0: know who Jungle Boy, you know who his father was, right? Yes,
1: uh Perry. Luke Perry Luke Perry
0: that was in Beverly Hills 90210.
1: Yeah, I I didn't
0: I, I did not know that until Bren's dad called and told me that and he's like look at it and he sent me a picture of jungle boy and luke oh, perry i was like same. oh damn
1: there's pictures of jungle little baby boy. jungle boy with luke perry and luke perry took him like to summer slam and like just little tiny jungle boy just watching and it was just awesome so yeah and him something we didn't talk about his sister getting so emotional when they won the tag team championship as well that is that was also a really cool moment so
0: all right so our last category breakout star of 2021 I have Dante Martin.
3: Okay.
2: That's a good one.
0: I think think for like what we call like a mid-card, middleweight type wrestler, because that's a lot of what AEW has. And I like his high-flying stunts sometimes when they pay off. So I think he he was the breakout star of 2021. It's a good one. What do you have? What do you got, Brendan?
2: Mine's kind of biased, but, I mean, Tay Conti won 45 matches this
1: year. <laughs> Jeez, they have her doing work in AEW Dark, don't they? Jeez, 45 matches. That's insane. Because All right.
2: I saw something on Twitter. It was like mm-hmm. she won the most matches out of anybody in all of professional wrestling this year.
1: It's kind of hard to argue it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, I'm going to be a little kind of controversial here. Um, I, I researched this one quite a bit and, you know, I know there's a lot of people like hook. A lot of people want hook Dante Martin. I saw floating around there Miro because he kind of repackaged himself. Um, But I don't know. There was one name that really kind of s- stole it for me. And I, and I. so I'm going to go ahead and say Hangman Adam Page. And I know that's kind of weird because he's not a new guy, but when he came on the scene, he immediately was like thrown into the title match with Jericho. The inaugural AEW championship match was him and Jericho. I think he won the uh, casino battle Royal to be in that match. And he never felt like he lived up to any of his potential at that point it just felt like okay who's this guy what's going on you know and he just felt like hey i ride horses and i live in the country well cool you know uh who who cares so um but there he developed this persona where he would grab people's beer this this young bucks feud when he was with omega was amazing because a lot of people had been in his shoes before like he, he hey you know they're they're I feel like the odd man out. I feel like I'm not getting, you know, the respect I need as a friend here. And like, you kind of related with him. Then he stopped giving a shit. And then the Omega split had a great feud with Omega that culminated in his championship win. And I just never thought he hit that potential until this year. And that's why I consider him a breakout star. I feel like he broke out. I think he broke out. And I think he, he, it was him or Britt Baker. That was going to get this vote for me, Um, but I thought Hangman hey, for everything he accomplished and how he now he's the AEW champion because they wanted him as the champion all along. He just didn't have it yet, they, and that it is a very hard thing to get. And uh, he he's got yeah, it
0: in wrestling. If you don't have the it factor, yeah. it's really hard. It's really hard. Like exactly, Randy yeah. Orton has the it factor. Triple H has the it factor. MJF has the it factor. Yeah, and he's twenty five years old.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh yeah. And I i really I'm excited what hangman will do. I want to see MJF beat punk. I do. And I want to see MJF and Hangman have one of the best Brandon.
0: Features. I can't I can't trash you no more. You just you just
1: about, time. My heart. about time. Here it is. I finally, I finally did <laughs> it. I gotta
0: be nice to Brandon for a little while.
1: It's <laughs> for a little while. I'll give it two days. Give it two days and we'll be back tomorrow. Probably. Yeah, by the time this podcast airs, you're going to be giving me shit on Discord at that moment. (laughs) Probably. Yeah, exactly. Well,
0: like I said, it's like the big sister little brother thing.
1: I understand. I
0: really do love you, Uh, but I got to give you shit.
1: got to give me shit. I understand. I understand.
0: (laughs) So, let's get into Dynamite Wednesday night. Okay. So, our first match, they open it up. Danielson, Hangman 2. Uh, Overall good match
1: okay I don't this is nitpicking I don't know but like I wish sometimes they would save these for the last match like I'm I'm, sometimes it's a little jarring starting off the mat I know why they're doing it light the world on fire hey let's have a huge boost in ratings right at the beginning I get it and it's your TBS debut but you know don't don't you know let it let let the candle burn a little bit before you completely uh, go uh, apeshit that's my only nitpick is the timing of the match other than that, the can
0: that. But you, you had Danielson, oh man, I mean Danielson, Hangman, and yeah. you also had the Luchasaurus going against Jurassic Park for the tag title. So I figure either one of those could have been the main
1: event. I agree, and I feel like AEW is starting to change how I look at main event wrestling, and I think that's kind of my old stigma. Like my old guard is the the, the championship is the main match. You don't yes. Play you know what i mean and that's the old guard in me and i feel like they're Mm -hmm. still slow that
0: you know i'm old guard too so yes
1: i feel like but they're slowly starting to morph me because you know watching it last night it's like oh they're already putting the match on and yeah yeah no they start out i was almost justifying them to uh renee so yeah anyway besides the timing wonderful match great match omega wonderful brian Just completely throwing his entire body into everything, the headbutts, the just the amazing back and forth sequences. Uh, If this doesn't bring your faith in wrestling uh, 100%, I don't know what will there. This is that, that was a work of art in the ring. Um, Not the best match by both men, but a great match to start out the night and uh, a great way to start 2022.
0: So, yeah. I did feel like both of them left everything in the ring. Like they gave it 110%, they left everything out there. And mm-hmm. as a fan, you cannot be disappointed when a wrestler does that for you.
3: Agreed.
2: And I get, they had the judges, judges out there. I was like, well, is it going to go another hour? Because of the yeah. way they were building the matchup. It was like, okay, can it go an hour and come down to judges? Mm-hmm. I think it was the Rhodes and Jericho match for the title when AEW first started. Think that came down to the judges, if I'm not. I think kidding. it did. Um, but throughout the match, it felt like that, but it was still a great match. It was entertaining, back and forth, and that's what a wrestling match should be.
0: The one I thing I will say about the judges, like they hyped it up. Oh, we're gonna have judges. We're gonna have judges, and they didn't really play a role in the match at all. Like they were just there, like. <laughs> Danielson should have went over and like grabbed a beer and threw it on Paul White or, you know, something yeah, or Mark Henry yeah. or something or throw hangman in their laps or something.
1: Can I admit Can something I, that I'm ashamed to say? And it was in the privacy of my own home when I admitted it, but now I'm going to share it on a podcast. So yay. It's,
0: it's- a mid podcast exclusive
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well uh if you listen to the avengers i've talked about fucking an orange before so it's not the first thing that i've ever said that really is stupid but i will say this um when i saw paul white and it said no more bs i for a while thought the obvious no more bullshit paul white okay he's dropping the bullshit and i was sitting there last night no joke and i went no more Big Show. Like, it just came to me. I had never pieced that together. I just thought it was no... I was like, that's a weird thing. No more bullshit. Was there a lot of bullshit in WWE? No, he's like, no more Big Show. It's a double meaning. I see what mm-hmm. you did there. Had a blonde moment in the comfort of my own home, and now I'm <laughs> expressing it to all of you. Uh, yeah, I completely was like, oh, huh, Big Show, okay. Yeah, anyway, that was that was stupid. Very stupid of me. So, yeah, anyway, putting myself that on was, blast, would, Catherine.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't have been disappointed if Danielson would have won. I'm not disappointed. Hagman won. Yeah. It was it was a good match to start off their run on TBS.
1: I need Danielson to win that title before it's all said and done, though.
0: I think they're going to build them up to revolution, and he it, they'll switch the title at revolution. I'm
1: they, like. they need to, because of all of his amazing matches that he's having. Now, he could do the Shawn Michaels run. I know Shawn Michaels had one world title run when he came back, but he came back for like 10 years, won the belt right away, dropped it, And then just had five-star matches with everyone for the next nine and a half years. And I think maybe Brian Danielson, especially in his older age, he doesn't care about the title. He just wants to have great matches. But to me, when I see someone having such amazing quality matches, give them the title. Give them the title. Let him do that eco thing again. Make him be a a jerk. Uh, Like, you know, where it's like, That's a really good message. We should care about the environment. We should care about this and everything. But then you hate him because of how he delivers it. (laughs) You know, fickle, fickle. Just have him just completely be an ass again. And uh, with the title, that's what I want.
0: All right. So our next match was the MJF supposedly match MJF versus the captain Sean Dean. Or as I call him a jobber. Oh, and this match gets interrupted by this little punk bitch named CM Punk.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure and that's... that's punk,
0: that little punk-ass bitch gets my man disqualified.
1: Biggest I win. I say
0: of, what I was yelling at the TV.
1: <laughs> biggest win of Sean Dean's career. Well-deserved. Great win. I was very, very impressed. I I thought the wrestling caliber was off the charts in this match. I thought it was... <laughs> easily just completely no. above and beyond <laughs> what we saw in the previous match and uh yeah, Sean
0: Dean's going to be the next AEW champion.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're having an interim belt right now created just for him. Uh but I will say this. No, um the, the promo was amazing. The WrestleMania sting, like you never made a in wrestling. Everyone knew that was punk's biggest thing. Like it, it, personal, this is not wrestling. This is personal. Like he would have an interviews for likes radio stations. Like, yeah. I just want a main event of WrestleMania. That was always his goal. And he never got there. Even when he had the title, he never, he had the title at mania. Didn't get the main event. Um, he dropped it right before to see, Rock and Cena too. You know, he he, that is a sore spot for him. And MJF dug at it and I was like, ooh. (laughs) And I could just now I was
0: listening to Busted Open on Sirius yesterday and they had um Bully Ray on there from the Dudley Boy. Oh and he said and he said this. He's like, MJF can take CM Punk down anytime he wants to with his words. Yeah. The the dig at WrestleMania, he said if MJF wanted to, he could have elaborated. Well, let's just explore why you never headlined a WrestleMania and start, you know, dig deeper into it instead of just throwing that one bomb off. Yeah. But you also have to realize you've got to go back in that locker room with this same guy who, if you dig at him too much, it mm-hmm. might become very personal. And then Tony Khan's got a problem.
1: Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree.
0: Let it be a problem. But I did like, I did kind of like CM Punk's reply.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah
0: about he wouldn't last that long even in the sack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he and, and mjf's just selling it too like you you know it I don't know. I, I love the promo. I love this match. I I uh, tell me I'm wrong. You guys saw the Wardlow thing a mile away, right? I, I mean, I said Wardlow to myself out loud and it happened. It's, his, it's like the last step before you face the boss, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you got to fight my crony in Wardlow. All right. That's cool. But besides that, I thought it was a a wonderful segment.
0: Yeah. The promo was the best. And yeah. I don't know if I can wait until March, when they have revolution for this match, like I am needing that match now, like yeah. I needed it yesterday. Basically,
1: slow build it, man, keep going.
0: And the-, I, the promos are only going to get better. And also, another thing where, um, I think uh, the Dudley said he, um, MJF doesn't have like history because he's so young. Where CM Punk has his history, MJF can go. Dig up this history of shit that really bothered CM Punk. And Bully Ray said this as being a wrestler during CM Punk's time. There are things that you can jab at CM Punk that he doesn't want people to know about or talk about.
3: Oh, yeah. Agreed.
0: And so when, when MJF say, oh, you try to put on this persona where you don't want people to know about this stuff. He's being truthful. He's not lying. And this is coming from previous wrestlers that wrestled during CM Punk's time with WWE.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And it makes it good quality television.
0: <laughs> what you got, Brandon?
2: I liked it. The promo was, again, awesome. Those, t- I can have a full two-hour show of those two going back and forth. I would be fine with it. There's- I agree. Both of them are that damn good on the mic and entertaining sean dean one and oh better record JF
0: and danielson you can't see this but there are things flying in my
3: house
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, i will have to say this okay the best thing about that was mjf's tights because he has the golden dick there was gold right there where his dick was wow
1: <laughs> wow on that note i'm, not I'm gonna go get uh another something to drink i'll let you guys discuss the next match i'll be right back <laughs> this is this is you know
0: i had to do that to you brandy when
1: a golden dick segues that's usually when i go and get another coke i'll be right back
0: you know i had to do that that's fair that's fair <laughs> but i don't know if i could handle another month of just primos like they physically need to, like, get their hands on each other maybe just once before the big match. And I think
2: they will get their hands on each other before the match. Maybe at uh like, beach break? Maybe, like, a week or two before Revolution, give or take. But, no, they will somehow get into hand-to-hand combat before MJF and Punk go into a full out match
0: yeah i need to see that i need to see them like get their hands on each other a little bit whether it be you know mjf get the pinnacle to attack him backstage and you don't know it's them like he did with somebody else that one time or something or he just pumps doing an interview and he just comes and knocks him upside the head and takes off running
1: <laughs> that would be awesome
0: I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. TK I'm giving you ideas. So next we, uh, segue from that, <laughs> which sent our guests running to well, Jericho comes out, Jericho, hasn't been on TBS since 1999.
1: Uh, and that dye hair job of his needs to stay in 1999. It was a little rough. I was like, oh man, that's that, this is a different color hair, Jericho. Um, i did love i did
0: book. like his promo though i did I like did his
1: promo. The, i did love the little booker t thing where he's like booker t beat me i think he cheated i thought that was a kind of a cute little wink towards booker t because i think they're really good friends um so uh it was just really, really cool to see Jericho back. He's still one of the best on the mic. He laps it up every single time someone sings Fozzie because no one goes to his concerts and sings it. So it's great to see that uh, that you know he finally, <laughs> hey, he finally has someone listening to Fozzie. Good job, Chris Jericho. I'm proud of you. Um, but <laughs>
0: I'm like, I like I'm a South Park girl. So when he threw out the Philip and Terrence reference, I was
1: like, yeah, oh no. my God, yeah. yes. I love, I love old South Park. Like the first yeah. like five seasons of South Park is still the most gold television I've ever seen in my entire life, um, and I have them. Like I bought them on DVD just because I was like I have to have these. But um, but yeah, uh, two as well. I thought they held up their end. I thought they were entertaining. I thought it was a, uh, I I, I kind of
0: like two as yeah. like the the tag team. What I'm gonna call it, jobbers, where yeah. everybody takes their shots at them, but. They're actually pretty good wrestlers. Too.
1: They're pretty good wrestlers, and they can kind of hold their own in the mic. Yeah, they're a little cheesy. They dial it up on the hokey meter quite a bit, but at the same time, if but you I think that's in, their gimmick, I was gonna say if you lean into it, it's. I think it's good, and I think that they they're doing some good stuff. And Jericho, there's not a better better one to bounce off of than him. So yeah, I liked it.
0: What do you think, Brendan?
2: Who doesn't love somebody getting called Squarehead on live TV and in front of thousands of people? Squarehead and Pinhead. <laughs>
0: The only better thing would have been when he said square head. If the fans would have yet yelled SpongeBob.
1: Oh, that would have been good. That would have been good.
0: That, that would have dropped it right there. Oh yeah. So then we have the Adam Cole, O'Reilly and fish promo and Cole will be facing Jack Atlas on rampage on Friday night.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I will.
0: I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting the feel either. Cole's going to join that group. Or he's going to turn on Fish and O'Reilly and stay with the Young Bucks. I don't know where this angle is going with him trying to play both sides.
1: I I think we're going to see the match we wanted to see while NXT and AEW were going head-to-head for so long. Everyone wanted to see, at least if you could make the match, it's Undisputed Era versus the Elite. And you can have Omega and the Bucks, Cole And fish and O'Reilly, and you can have that dream match. That's what's going to happen. And I think maybe it will culminate with Cole coming back over to the elite. And that's the sudden shock. And that's how you get a team to lose is like, you know, there's some things that, you know, like the, the bond between Cole and the elite is too strong to overcome And he goes back into that, but you build that match first, you have that blow off match. And because that was the Wednesday night wars, those two factions were leading the charge for a very long time. And, uh, that's so, yeah, I don't, I think it's going to have the middleman of Cole, but I think eventually we're going to see that dream match. to that three V three, um, and it's going to be wonderful. And, uh, Adam Cole, I I think honestly, Adam Cole might even stay with the new, whatever they ended up calling the undisputed era. Um, just because he's a breakout star. He, he is someone that doesn't need the elite. He does not need Omega. You know, I think he would do better kind of to himself and with his own click. And uh, yeah, I don't know, but I'm excited. And oh, I
0: could see a six man when Omega comes back from his injury. I could see Omega Young Bucks versus Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I need to see.
0: And then, and and knowing TK, he will drop that on dynamite instead of a pay per view.
3: (laughs) Yeah, get those ratings.
0: (laughs) So next we have Wardlow. Yeah, I love me some Wardlow versus a jobber. (laughs)
1: Wardlow's going to win. Wardlow wins clean here. He's such a you know, like there was no interference. There was nothing like that. I really enjoyed that. I I love his moral compass. I think they're going a really interesting direction w- with him. Like you know, where he's just a pure innocent soul, and uh yeah. And this thirty-minute match, unreal. I thought we were going to get another draw, but it wasn't. It was. Uh, it was just. Uh, yeah, no. It was a quick match. The the cheap the heel does the cheap heel tactics. Sean Spears being felt on the outside and uh, more protecting Wardlow. I think Wardlow is the big guy that can. You know, I'm the jury's still out on his wrestling prowess for me because I don't see enough of it. He's always in these squash matches, which is fine. You're building him. I can't wait to see him and Punk. I think that's going to be a good match to kind of see not only where Punk's at in his career at this point, but also where Wardlow, Wardlow is. So I'm I'm excited about the future of Wardlow. They're protecting him, and I think that's the right move. But I can't wait to see. Okay, all right, when the filters off and we just get Wardlow and Punk next week, what's that going to look like? So
0: also, I don't I don't think AEW has enough what I call big men because mm-hmm. you only got like Wardlow, Powerhouse, Hop.
1: I'm taller than 75% of that roster.
0: (laughs) And I think they need a couple more what I call big men in there to, you know, balance that out. Mm -hmm. But I love me some Wardlow. I mean, granted, he's from Cleveland. Everyone has the flaws. I I can overlook that, being a Michigan person. Yeah, overlook that. But let me ask you this. Do you think Wardlow is going to turn on MJF?
1: 100% yeah that is the ultimate slow build you know what i mean like they've been slow building like mjf and punk and hangman and and uh and uh omega but where they're really slow building is because they had them almost turned on them before they've had it like this uh, uh, uh. you know i think when Wardlow's wrestling skills kind of catapult yeah. Where he doesn't need a mouthpiece anymore. And maybe his mic skills as well. They could be working with him a lot backstage. Once he starts getting to that level, that's where they're going to pull the trigger, you know, but MJF, he, he's just an ass. And I mean that in the best way. He's like, you do what I say, you do this, you know, you work for me, you get paid by the hour, you know, just like he sees his, sees him as property and not as a human being. That's going to create the dynamic you need for that match. And uh it can be very emotional. It almost reminds me of like the Shawn Michaels Diesel match back in the day where Diesel was Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. And eventually Diesel mm-hmm. just got tired of that shit. And you saw seven-foot Kevin Nash be the, the baby face against a tiny five foot eleven Shawn Michaels. It was almost funny to watch because you're like the big guy, you usually it's the David Goliath. They flip it, and I feel like that's what they're going to do here. So, yes, we will see it, but I still feel like it might be a, a good six months to a year out, maybe even after MJF, if he goes big and wins it all, you know, maybe that's the time that the divide really happens, and that's that's a match you see. So,
0: Your take, Brendan? I can
2: agree with that. I do think a Warlow-MJF match for the title, I think that could be pretty damn good. If Warlow develops, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing those two fight for the belt.
1: Agreed. I would I like love that. it.
0: So next we have hey, Tony the
1: Khan. Hey, Tony Khan, the three of us are available if you ever need some writing <laughs> staff. Just letting you know.
0: Yes, and we just won't hand them a script. We'll be like, here's the idea, run with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't write shit, we talk shit. <laughs>
0: yes. That's going to be a new motto somewhere. You're welcome. <laughs> so, so then we have the TBS championship, which is a new belt that was created for their move to TBS for the women's division. So now you have two belts within the women's division. And you had Jade versus Ruby Soho. Overall, thought it was a great match for a women's match. Like I said, I'm not a woman wrestling fan. Kept me entertained. Was a good match. I mean, there was you can tell where Jade is green a little bit in the mm-hmm. ring but I thought it was an overall good match, and I knew Jade was going to win. They have been pushing her since they created the tournament in October. Mm -hmm. Thoughts?
1: Um, I have been going next. I will let Brendan take. I enjoyed the
2: match. I really didn't care who won it because I like both of them. I would have been fine with Jade or Ruby winning it, and I'm glad Mm -hmm. that Jade did win it because it's like, well, you've been building her all year for a title. Well, we made this new title, so we'll give it to her and let her run with it for a little bit. And maybe we get to see a Britt Baker versus Jade match in the future.
1: That would be wonderful you know some of the biggest matches in my childhood were like when the intercontinental champion faced the wwf champion like that the mid-tier belt fought the main tier belt and most of the time the main tier guys won but every once in a while that ultimate warrior would beat the hogan you know it was it was always really really cool um i think Shawn michaels and bret hart they faced each other when one was the intercontinental and one was the heavyweight i love that a part of me I'm going to keep it really, really short. A part of me wonders if the women's division in AEW is as deep as it needs to be to have two belts. You know what I mean? Like a part of me is like, why not have Jade fight for the main title? You know, why not have Ruby Soho, which actually already fought for the main title, you know, and she lost against Britt Baker. It just, is there enough depth right now to justify this second belt? I don't think so. Not right now, but it gives you another chance to have another person carry the belt, see what they do. And maybe, you know, if you're planning on building the brand and continue to expand out, maybe it kind of makes sense later on right now. I don't think it makes much sense, but I do think um, Ruby Soho is a veteran. She's wonderful. She has the best theme song in wrestling second to orange Cassidy. Um, and I, I really, really think it's, 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 I think it's a great, I think it's a great, uh, I think it's a great Great win for uh, for Jade. I think she looks like a million bucks. I know I already talked about it previously. I'm excited to see what they do with her. And this TBS championship looks amazing. Uh, I, I love the look of the belt. It's exact same with the TNT title. Um, I would love to see the women's belt look like the AEW championship because I think the AEW championship is the most beautiful belt in all of wrestling. So uh, that's a f- title I would want to fight for. Um, so anyway, long story short, I don't know how I feel about the premise of having a second women's title, but the match was good. The tournament was good. And uh, I'm excited to see where Jade goes in the future uh, because I'll, I'll watch storm wherever she goes, whether she's in the X-Men or on dynamite, I will watch her.
0: <laughs> I, I'm like, you. I think they're going to build their women's division. That's why they gave it a second title.
1: Yeah. I just, I, I feel like they should have built it and then created it. It feels like they're going backwards a little bit. That, that's all I would say is like, but Hey, They'll probably shut me up in a year like they always do. They'll have a huge, deep women's roster. And I'm like, yep, they knew what they were doing. But right now, the jury is still out on the yes. other side. So for me. of
0: So next, we have what we call a fill-in match, which was the Malachi Black versus Pillman Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Malachi Black wins. The one nitpick I have about this match, why did you bring out the Lucha Brothers, who's going to have a match and nothing? Like, yeah. they just come out, nothing. It didn't make sense to me.
1: It's funny. I didn't think of that when I was watching it, but I kind of agree with are you. Are they
0: building up to something? Because, you know, there's rumors that Brody King is in the House of Black. So are they going to build up Malachi and Brody King that's tag versus the Lucha's in, in, you know, a, a year or so?
1: Oh you you just answered your own question. <laughs> and I mean that with all due respect like yeah I was thinking kind of I followed you everywhere on that ride. <laughs> I was like yeah, yeah why did they do that? That's stupid. That's all oh, yeah they're the kings coming that's it. Like so <laughs> yeah no I I 100% agree with everything you said and uh I think that I do think king and black are going to be a force. I think that you know, give those guys the tag team belts. Golly, I would love to see a House of Black. I would love to see a huge, almost Ministry of Darkness type faction where they take over like half the roster (laughs) or a sizable amount of the roster, not half. But, you know, where there's this dark allegiance to Malachi Black. He becomes this Undertaker figure, uh, uh, almost the Lord of Darkness. I would love, love, love to see it. So that's what they're setting up. Agreed.
2: Brendan? Well, we were watching it with Bobby on wednesday oh yeah <laughs> and bobby called malachi black loki <laughs> so that was pretty funny but he's not wrong,
0: no he's yeah he, he's not wrong when he comes out with the headgear he does look like loki
1: he's not wrong
0: but
2: when the lights went out i thought packwood was gonna come back because mm-hmm. like yeah the lights went out and it was just the lucha brothers going into the ring and that was also a
1: weird moment. The lights went out and it felt like it was a delay between what was supposed to happen when the lights go out or did they just genuinely go out? Like, I don't know. It just that old trope in wrestling is someone usually appears and it was kind of, was it just me watching it? It felt delayed. Like what? No, just happened? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: I felt the same thing. Okay, good. So next we have two promos. QT does one for his guy for a match on Friday against Hook. And then we have a Ruby interview and she gets interrupted by Dr. Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to set up, if Riho doesn't beat Baker at Battle of the Belt, I think they're setting up a Soho-Baker title match maybe for Revolution.
1: I don't know. I, I kind of have a different take. I think it was just to set up that tag team match tonight. Um, because we saw Ruby and Britt Baker just feud. You know what I mean? And this is kind of the par- problem with the depth with the women's division. I don't, I, I wouldn't go back to that well, at least that quickly. I, I really feel like Ruby Soho was just like, let's make this tag match make sense. I think it was on Rampage. that, uh, So let's make this Rampage match make sense. Oh, here we go. Ruby Soho, she has a history with Britt Baker. Oh, there's Riho flying in out of nowhere. There's all 70 pounds of Riho just running in. So it's like, <laughs> My wife makes that joke, not me. I have to give her credit for it. She's like, she's like how could she hurt anyone? She's like, you know, 70 pounds. Anyway. Uh, but so Spoken wit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, I will say this. I don't think they're uh, I think it was just to set up that tag match only. I think Riho and uh, Baker, this is just to kind of catapult Baker more. She's going to finally get that pin win. It, it, there's no way Riho's winning this title. If there was money I could put on any match... It's the Riho Britt Baker match. I, is, if Baker does not get injured or anything like that, I will pour all of my bank account into that match. Uh, she's just going to overcome those demons. They do it in actual fights all the time, UFC fights. They'll take a guy that one of these champions lost to earlier on in their career, bring him in so they can demolish him and kind of face those demons. You know, and so, yeah. I, after that, though, Britt Baker, I think they're probably already setting up some cracks and divide, which... I know we're not on rampage yet. What's her name? Who was her tag team partner? Jamie Hater. Yeah, Hater.
0: Hater.
1: I think it's gonna be Hater and Baker. Um, that's that's where they're gonna be setting it up because I think Hater's got a huge allegiance behind her. Uh, and count me as one of them. I I I think Oh, I love Jamie Hater. Yeah, I think hater's gonna that's that's the match you make. So your take, brandon I agree with Brandon that bow time. I'm I'm stealing (laughs) your kid.
0: you <laughs> want him i'll send him to you <laughs> You're
1: yeah. more than welcome to hang out in my action figure room
2: oh well i see power rangers stuff there, so that's awesome
1: there it is there it is
2: but the ruby soho promo backstage getting interrupted it was just a fill in the gap for what we saw on
1: rampage mm-hmm yeah. Hey.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, hey, oh, remember Jurassic. these two hate each other? That's basically what it was, I think.
0: Yeah. So we have our main event, and we're gonna have the Lucha Brothers, who are our tag team champions, go against Jurassic Park. Thought it was an okay match. There Jurassic- was a lot. There was a welcome, lot of mistakes welcome, in this match. Welcome.
1: Welcome to Jurassic Park.
0: You You know, I've never seen those movies in full. Like I've only seen bits and pieces of them.
1: You you I think you meant Jurassic Express, my friend.
0: Yes, sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can fix that. I saw Brendan's face. Brendan literally was like, What? And I was like, Nope, it wasn't just me that heard it. I gotta say (laughs) something now. I gotta say something because you would give me shit too. You You would give me shit. I would. It's not so easy having a podcast, is it?
0: (laughs) As I say, I ain't perfect yet.
1: I <laughs> know, uh, I understand. I'm just messing with you. So, yeah, the main event fun, awesome Jurassic Express, long overdue. Holy shit, what a spot with Ray Phoenix. D- did I read correctly? He didn't break his arm. It's like a no, dis- it was
0: severely dislocated. Holy
1: crap, man. That was oh, it was gnarly. I couldn't watch the replays. I was like, nope, I saw it. I,
0: I didn't even notice it when we watched it live Wednesday night. I didn't even notice it. Mm hmm. And then I got on Twitter, and everybody's like, Phoenix broke his arm. And I'm like, what? So I fast-forwarded all the way to that point. Brendan's in the shower, so I'm waiting for him to get out of the shower. I'm like, Brendan, they said Phoenix broke his arm. Mm-hmm. We said He sits down and watches it, and he's like, oh, yeah, and you can't yeah. see it. And it, it, when I re-watched it, it reminded me. I don't know. You might not be old enough to remember this. The Joe Theismann knee injury on Monday Night Football, where his leg went one it. way and the other part of his leg went the other way.
3: No, no, no that's
0: no, what no. it reminded me of. I was like, oh, he broke it. He's going to be out for at least a year.
1: Yeah, it's it's so funny that you said that story because I like I told you guys I watched it last night, so I already got a news alert that he hurt himself. Either it was on Twitter or Bleacher Report. And so I was looking for it the entire match. I was like, okay, when does Ray Phoenix hurt? And then when it happened through the table spot, you know, you know, Renee, who was watching it with me, she goes, I would have never noticed it if you hadn't pointed it out to me. And so I really think, you know, exactly to your point, Catherine, I didn't see it, you know, watching it live. And I don't think a lot of people would have seen it, but it's it's there, it's, it's gnarly. And it's, oh man. And the fact that he could be back sooner than we think. <laughs> I I don't know, man. That just looked like a spaghetti arm for a moment there. I did not care for it.
0: And I think that's, I I honestly think the Lucha brothers were going to retain their title and they were going to build them up to revolution. But with Phoenix getting hurt, they made it audible because as soon as Ray hit that floor, you seen him point to his arm and you seen him calling for somebody to come over there. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. and, and you can see the look on jo- uh, Jungle Boy's face when they called the audible. He's like, "Oh, you got to pin this the other dude, Penta, because you know they're not gonna be able to defend the title."
3: Right. right.
0: And then what really pisses me off is those on Twitter blaming AEW for Ray getting hurt. Mm. I'm sorry, wrestling is a sport. Baseball's a sport. Football's a sport. Basketball's a sport, hockey's a sport, any sport, tennis. You stand the risk of getting hurt or injured when you play a sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not AEW's fault, it's not Tony Khan's fault. It was a fluke accident.
1: I I agree with that. And part of me, it's hard to be on Twitter in the wrestling universe side because a part of me wonders is this a true valid criticism or is this wwe marks trying to find a fault in AEW um because there's both sides AEW marks will fly anything out at wwe anything they do it's low it's low hanging fruit to make fun of yeah. wwe those guys that are very wwe loyalists they will look at anything they can and say oh how can we pick this apart on AEW side and i so i know that's kind of because I, I agree with you, Catherine. I think it's very nonsensical to say, "Oh, aw, you sons of bitches, you got him hurt." No, it's it, exactly to your point. There is risk and reward in anything you do when it's a physical contact event, and that is Ray Phoenix signs up for that, especially with the moves he does. He's going to be hurt a lot more in his career. Hopefully, nothing serious, but he is. I mean, it's just you're you're playing with odds every night. You go out like that, um, you're playing against the odds usually, and I. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that assessment. I think it's all in the performers hands and, you know, they're, they're creating art in that ring and outside of it. Um, And a part of me just wonders, is this criticism valid or is it just the easy thing to do? Is it the easy thing to pick apart? And, um, you know, from certain factions and waves of fans and uh so yeah I I don't know I, I I there's not much wrestling fans can seem to agree on nowadays you know when it comes to WWE and AEW marks kind of being in their own corners and I really feel like some of those people kind of just point the finger and they just create a kerfuffle and then Twitter blows up and everything goes crazy so that's just my take
0: that's a good take I mean I agree I was just like how can you blame AEW for a dude getting hurt that mm-hmm. would be like blaming WWE that time Triple H tore his quad. Yeah. It was during a pay-per-view, and I was sitting there watching it, and I turned and looked at my husband, and I said, Triple H just hurt his leg.
3: Mm-hmm. He's it like, was that-
0: no, no, no. And then at the end of the match, you see them carrying him out. I said, he's done something to his leg, and like the next day or something, WWE released a statement, oh, Triple H is in Alabama seeing Dr. Andrews. Bingo, told you.
1: Yeah, Wasn't it that? That would be
0: like it was was, it that, he tore his squad.
1: Was it that botched pedigree through the table with Kurt Angle?
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, and that would be like blaming WWE for the Owen Hart thing. It, you know, the equipment failed. WWE yeah. probably tested that equipment four or five times and nothing happened.
1: Yeah. Do you guys ever watch The Dark Side of the Ring? Mm
0: hmm.
1: I would highly recommend watching that Owen Hart episode because that one broke my heart um, because I feel like with the Owen Hart situation, there's a lot of gray. You know, I don't know. I wouldn't put it on WWE, but I wouldn't also put it on Owen Hart or the, the I feel like there was some negligence involved there, but I'm not sure where it falls and the, where the fault lies initially. Um so yeah if you have not seen it Owen Hart the the it was a wonderful piece they actually speak with Martha which that's huge like you can never get uh his wife she never shows up to anything because she you know before it was just WWE and like such then a lot of smaller uh brands out there and now you know she felt compelled to tell her side of the story on Dark Side of the Ring which was one of the best ones they've ever done and um they also did one on Ultimate Warrior, and you realize how much of a you know, piece of work he is. So, you know, they 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 take some of these heroes that you know and uh, show you in a new light. But uh, I would I would highly recommend it because there's a lot when I watch that Owen Hart one that my brain kind of rattles with, and it's because I ordered that event. I recorded every WWF pay per view when I ordered them, and I would usually tape over them after a few months because I would get done watching them. That's the only one I kept was over the edge, which is a horrible, horrific, you know, uh, title for considering what happened, but it was over the edge when Owen Hart fell. I still have that original VHS at my mom's house that I won't tape over because that was the last time we saw Owen Hart. And, um, it was yeah, over the edge 99. I remember it like yesterday. Like, and so I,
0: I was either pregnant with, with my daughter or had just had her when that happened. And then you remember how the screen went black.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah and I remember they just showed the crap
0: I was watching it with with my husband and father-in-law and my father-in-law was like what happened to the TV I was like something happened I said because when they hit them lights I said something bad has happened I said he's hurt himself coming out off of that rope or or he's dead one of the two and then we find out that he had died yeah and then you know Vince took heat for finishing the pay-per-view I'm like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't yeah you got people that have bought this pay-per-view you've got Two, three thousand people sitting in this arena.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think clean the, U- clean U- the U-
0: ring out, finish the match, and we'll deal with the aftermath. So yeah. you know, we had to make a call.
1: I'm kind of, and I know it was spur of the moment when you get to sit and think about something, you're kind of working at an advantage, you know? So I will say this, Vince McMahon and team were working on a very sudden thing that happened. So they weren't able to kind of see things through this perspective. So I want to make sure I preface this, but I definitely wouldn't have continued. I say that because I have had 10 years to think about it, 15 years to think about it, 20 years, actually, I think now. Um, So he had two minutes to think about it. You know, so I want to make sure I preface that, but I will say the ultimate right call with that rear view mirror approach is hey, you could even see where the ring was dented in, where he really, really hurt himself. Like, I mean, come on. I know that's a lot of ticket sales and it's a lot of pay per view buys, and you know, but WWE was a full steam locomotion. You know, hey, the proper thing is hey, we sorry. Thank you for ordering this. We will refund you any money, whether you're in inside the arena or you bought this through your local cable provider it's just because yeah it's i mean there was i mean jeff jarrett and deborah were crying on their way to the ring like they couldn't even like these people are emotionally withered and battered because their friend is in the hospital dying and they have to go out and perform you know and it's like mm, come on guys like there there should have been a moment there where someone said don't no no more you know we need to stop and that was the next match you know and it was it was just and like i said i have 20 years perspective they didn't and uh but i i think the right call was don't don't do it don't do the match so but hey you got a pay-per-view to sell so you, you just do it
0: so yep, there you go there you go yeah so we have new tag team champions in AEW
1: yeah
0: who do you think is going to be their first opponent
1: ooh ftr i think ftr would be a good one i think ftr would be a good i don't want them to lose the belts to fdr i want there to be a good culmination a good clash and then i want that king and black to kind of be their first like pay-per-view worthy you know slow build and like you know let him create divide do something with marco stunt where the hell was marco stunt i i'm so sorry where where is he at is he hurt is he gone or
0: I think I read something about he's not coming back.
1: I didn't know that. Is he okay?
0: I think they're not renewing his contract.
1: Oh, that sucks. That really, really sucks. Because I... Hold on. Yeah. 21 hours ago, Marco Stunt has been out of action for a while now, which has led to speculation on his status and an update to the Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, reports that Stunt is still under contract and is getting paid. It was noted that AW is trying to be different from W by not releasing people, unless it's disciplinary reasons, but there will be contracts that are not renewed. This does not necessarily mean AEW will pass on renewing, but yeah, he's not wrestled on AEW since teaming with Fuego del Sol and a loss to Sean Spears and Warblow on the October 4th Elevation episode. So yeah, it's, it's been a minute. Okay. Because I I love the Jurassic Express, like the three of them, Marco Stunt, you know, uh, Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy and do something where Marco Stunt just completely gets tortured by Aleister Black. And uh, you know, and like, that that's your, that's your cell right there. You know, like make Marco Stump be the catalyst of that. Or he's been gone for so long because he's kind of been in this house of black situation. He comes out, out of nowhere and he's been turned by this, this yep. form of human being, mm-hmm. you know, that sells it. So I think FTR is a good, nice dynamite choice, have a couple of good dynamites and rampages, but let that first marquee match. Sorry, Catherine, you got me sold hundred percent on this match. Now I, I want to see black and,
3: uh, I'm doing uh, my job. Yay.
1: Man, <laughs> just saying, I really want to see it. So yeah, that's, that's where you start.
0: Okay. So now we have rampage Friday night. We have Daniel Garcia and 2.0 versus Kingston Santana and Ortiz. I'm a big Santana and Ortiz fan.
3: Yes. yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say this about Eddie Kingston. He is your stereotypical New Yorker. You know, bad attitude, can kick thinks he can kick your ass anywhere at any time. But I'm kind of digging him though.
3: Oh, I first I I, I wasn't,
0: I I wasn't like a big Kingston fan. I just thought he was like, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? An arrogant ass. Not like an arrogant ass, like MJF arrogant ass, but just like your typical (laughs) New York arrogant ass. Yeah. (laughs) If that makes sense.
1: Oh, I absolutely love Eddie Kingston. I've, he's grown on me quite a bit as well. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what they they continue to do with him. But Santana, Ortiz, Kingston, they, they are a joy to watch. I love Santana, Santana and Ortiz. Ooh, no one can sell like those dudes. Like, they are such...
0: And I wouldn't mind seeing them push Santana and Ortiz for tag titles, neither.
1: Yeah, I, I'm actually surprised they haven't really gotten that. You know, because when they were LAX and TNA... You know they were they were something else, but that just I think continues to tell you how deep this tag team division is. FTR, you know exactly to Brendan's point earlier, you know that's a that's a great tag team. That's a tag team that deserves the belts, and they're like you know fourth or fifth on my list right now. You know, and it's nothing against them. It's just to me, it's it's a compliment towards that tag division. um But yeah, I, I love watching, uh I love seeing 2.0 in the ring, considering what happened in, uh, on Dynamite. But yeah, Kingston. He he's one of my favorites just because of his mic skills alone. So yeah.
0: So let me ask you this question. We had this discussion last week. Would you like to see a three man tag title?
1: I thought that's what EW? you yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um that now- Uh, Just because you have so many amazing factions, you could have the undisputed era, whatever they end up being called, you have the elite, you have like the pinnacle, have Jake Hager and, you know, Santana and Ortiz, you could have so many different three, three man teams for a while there, SCU, I know they've kind of split them up. But there was there was talk, I think, for a little bit there, because there were so many three person factions they've kind of dissolved it a little bit but they still have almost a three-man tag match almost every single week whether it's on mm-hmm. rampage dynamite or elevation and so yeah you could totally do it and i i think i say that but AEW has a problem with they have a lot of belts right now <laughs> uh, yeah yeah they, they, they have a lot of belts and let's just throw in the ftw title while we're at it it's like what okay they, they, there's a lot of belts but hmm. I mean, especially considering I think if how-
0: anybody could do it, I think AEW could do it better than WWE. If WWE tried a three man tag, I don't think it would work that well.
1: I think I don't even think WWE wants to have a tag. <laughs> Honestly. I agree. Yeah, the way they book their division.
0: So then we have the Riho and Ruby Soho versus Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter.
1: Uh what did you think of Jamie Hader's attire, Brendan?
3: Uh, <laughs> that will
2: be disclosed <laughs> in a private
1: matter. <laughs> I just had to put him on the spot. <laughs> that was if first the needle
0: th- dick rise, that's what I oh, wanted. Hey. the needle dick rise,
1: <laughs> I remember just Jamie Hader comes on, and my wife is sitting there next to me, and I'm like, just stare. Make eye contact, even though it's a wrestling program, just make eye contact only. Um, I became a Jamie Hayter fan in this match. Um, I think she's wonderful. I think she's extremely talented. I'm not sure what happened in the match, but I just remember liking Hater a lot. She was great. Um, I think it was the, uh, it was the attire alone uh, that had me sold on her. I think she's going to be great. She's going to be wonderful. I know I'm being horrible here. No, um, I... I love Riho, too. I think Riho is just an absolute spitfire. I love Ruby Soho. I love that there was a conflict where Hater cost Britt Baker the match. There's so much storytelling here where Riho and Baker have this amazing long history where she's never pinned Riho, where Soho just got off this amazing feud with Britt Baker. And, you know, it was really emotionally charged feud like you're you're not good enough to main event. I'm Britt Baker DMD. You know, it was so emotionally impacted and and amazing. And then you have Hater and Baker already having wrinkles and tears in their relationship and their te- team. There's so much going on and it's just a tag match. This is quality storytelling. This was quality storytelling. The right team won because the, the person who's going to lose is Riho. Riho's is going to lose to Britt Baker. So you have her go over in this tag match to kind of build that story still of she's never beat Riho. So smart booking, excellent booking, actually. And uh, I had a blast watching this tag team match. Um, this is AEW storytelling at its best, you know, and I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it.
0: Your thoughts, Brandon?
2: Um, was, uh, again, a good women's match. Mm -hmm. The AEW might not have as deep as a women's roster as, say, a WWE or something. But these women matches, week in, week out, are good. No matter if it's a singles match, tech. Like last week on Rampage, we got the Tay Conti, Anna Jay versus Penelope Ford and Bunny match. Great match. Street fight. Yeah, Agreed, that great
1: agreed, agreed. That's a great match to bring up. Yep.
2: So these women love wrestling, and you see it in every match they do. All of them. And they have that passion. That's what makes every match they put on a good match.
3: Well said, sir.
0: So our next match, Brandon, I need to ask you, mm-hmm. are you a hooker yet? <laughs> our next match, speaker features hook and aaron solo
1: guys i need your help for this <laughs> i actually kind of dig hook i think hook is like a little mini taz you know especially with the suplex and then he does the taz mission lock at the end i i, I kind of dig it but a part of me wonders that this is all just a big sarcastic ruse by wrestling fans where they're like ah, i love Hook." like it feels like a part of it is just like tongue in cheek You know, like let's root for hook, but I really do like this kid. I think he's explosive. I think he's exciting. I, I was thinking, okay, this guy's going to be trash in the ring. All right. This is, this is the wrestling ruse. There's a hook section. There's people holding the signs. Like I really thought he was just not going to be good. He's he's Taz's son. That's why he's here. I, he shut me up with this match. I thought he was exciting. I thought he was great. I, I, I'm a hooker. I, I will say it right now. I don't know <laughs> if it's a joke or not, but I think the kid's the real deal. And I'm I'm excited. I'd love to see him with a Darby Allen and MJF, or I want to see him kind of go up the ranks a little bit. I, I That's the matches I'm excited to see with him, but start him slow, start yeah. him slow. But I'm already excited about his future. He, he's got a great, bright one ahead.
0: Well, Cody Rose did an interview with Brandon Walker this week, and they were talking about hook and He kind of agrees, you know, you build him up slow and you've got to keep, like, you can't make it too gimmicky with Hook, Right. But you got to figure out, keep it gimmicky, but not so gimmicky. Like, he compared Fandango.
3: Mm. Fandango,
0: great wrestler, but they just turned him into, like, a gimmick.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, what annoyed me with Fandango is they got him over. And I don't even think they meant to. I think the fans did it. I think the fans did the dude mm-hmm. like everyone. And then it became a fun happening thing when he came out, people lost their minds. And then WWE's like, no, you can't root for him like that, which that's another problem I have with WWE. Unless they tell you how to react. You can't react to certain, like, the fans took over for Fandango They, because they knew how good of a wrestler he was. So they kind of leaned into this shitty gimmick. And then the WWE's like, no, nope, screw this, scrap it. And then he gets over with Tyler Breeze. You know, they do these all these funny behind the scenes segments and then they still scrap them, you know, like it's just I don't know. Fandango, he, he deserves so much more than what he got. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, Get Tom Brandon. Go look up on YouTube. It's called Wrestling. It's R-A-S-S-L-I-N. It's from Barstool Sports. Okay, And it's with Brandon F. Walker. And he did an interview with Cody Rose. And Cody talks about a lot of things.
3: Yeah, would love that.
0: Do you remember when he did his promo with um, Anthony Ogogo?
3: Mm, He got the
0: backlash from that. He talks about that. Um, He talks about MJF. It's a great interview. You need to go watch it.
1: I'll check it out. I'll check it out.
0: So what do you think about the hook match, Brendan? I know you're a hooker.
1: I, I love being a hooker yeah
0: (laughs) and plus hook has i will say i would be a hooker for mjf any day
1: (laughs) that's not what we're talking about brendan sorry go on (laughs) Plus, hook has his own theme
2: song like they actually got somebody to come in and write
1: hooks theme song just for hook and it sounds good I, i i didn't actually remember like when you said it it just turned the light on for me. His theme song is badass. I will say that. I actually really, really enjoy it. Like, the lights as soon
2: as the music hit is mm-hmm. also badass. With yeah. The-
0: I could see White. maybe two, two to three years, I could see Hook being TNT champion.
1: hmm Yeah. Oh, he's he's got such a bright future. Like, dude, I, I'm actually... I love when someone's like someone's kid and they're actually really good. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not, not... Yeah there's some there people that make their that name out. off of their parents and there's some people that create their own and forge their own path. And I've, it's so early on with hook, but already I'm, I can see this kid is not relying on being Taz's kid. He's got his own little gimmick and I, I I dig it a lot.
0: And to be honest, I didn't know that hook was Taz's son until somebody told me.
1: Yeah. Oh, I would have never known. I would and have then never
0: then I was like, like, are you, Are you sure? Like Taz slept with a woman, got her pregnant, and they had this kid? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. No,
1: no, that that's the hardest part. He
0: don't look anything like Taz. Like, I don't see any resemblance. The hardest part
1: about him being Taz's son. The hardest thing to believe is Taz had sex with someone. That's the I hardest thing to believe. For you know, I didn't even think he could reach that high. So that is crazy. So uh, you know, that's that's great. Taz is a little dude. He's a tiny little uh, he's like, I think he's four foot two last I checked. So I mean it's just it's it's crazy. So yeah, that was the hardest part for me, believing. So
0: well, Tony Khan had either said in an interview or tweeted out that his father had came to an AEW event and met Hook mm-hmm. and told Hook. He's like, yeah, I watched your dad wrestle back in the day when he would take Tony to events. That's He's awesome. He's like, your dad was badass.
1: I love that. I love that there's that family history between those two. And that, oh, that just gave me chills. I love it.
0: So then we have our main event on Rampage, which was Brendan's dude, Adam Cole, baby, and Jack Atlas.
1: Oh, I got to start with Brendan because that shirt is badass. <laughs>
0: um, Yeah, I was forced to buy that at Holiday Bash.
1: That's a cool shirt, actually. I like it a lot.
0: Adam Cole. Still the best thing of
2: all time. No, that's biased, but Adam Cole is amazing. The match was good. I never knew anything about
1: Jake Atlas before this match, Mm -hmm. but I enjoyed the match. Is Jake Atlas the guy who had the dark match and then got a contract? Okay, just Mm -hmm. making sure I'm thinking of the right person. Adam Cole can have... He, he almost reminds me of my favorite wrestler, but 2.0 version of him, uh, Shawn Michaels. Like he, I think you were going
0: to say that. Yeah. Or he can put over anybody. Shawn yeah. was like that.
1: Yeah. And that, to me, is why I love Shawn Michaels so much. So, like, when Brendan's talking about Adam Cole, I hear a lot of my younger self talking about Shawn Michaels. Like, there was never a bad Shawn Michaels match. There wasn't, you know? And that's what made him so much fun to watch is, like, he... He could gel and mesh with anybody and he could also sell in
0: any size. Like yeah,
1: exactly.
0: You could put Sean in a in a match with Undertaker and it'd be like the greatest match of that event.
1: Yes. I mean th- arguably the greatest match of all time is Taker and Sean at Mania 25. You know, and that is just I want to see more Adam Cole because he he is just he, he was the guy that there are certain guys I watch, and I'm like, that's the guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on for a while. When he was in NXT, all right, where's this guy going to go? And I honestly thought it was WWE. And I wasn't going to hate that because it gave me something, a reason to watch on Raw or SmackDown. He goes to AEW, and I'm just happy because then I get to have my cake and eat it too. And uh, Adam Coleman, I, I, extreme, extreme talent, and he – give him a belt soon, give the undisputed era, whatever they end up calling them, uh, belts soon. I want to see them with the tag belts. I want to see them with all the gold. I I, I, I want to see where this progresses. I want to see them take over the company right from underneath the elite's nose. And then something big happened because of that, where there's some jealousy, some infighting and a, a huge culmination where belts are on the line and there's fisticuffs everywhere. Yeah.
2: And, I wouldn't even mind seeing Roderick Strong come over to AEW either. Oh, yeah. No, I think, yeah,
1: that could work. I think they're fine just with with the way they are, too. You know I like that it's
2: those three. They were yeah. the three big ones out of
1: Undisputed Era. They were the core members.
2: Yeah, and Roderick Strong was there. Yeah. But I also would like to see the four in AEW together.
1: Holy before. return. Do we know Roderick Strong's contract status? I don't know at all. No. I'm just curious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But either I have,
0: way. I thought it was a good match. Unfortunately, Jay Atlas may have torn his ACL in that Are match. you
1: serious?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I did not know he injured himself in that match. That's such a bummer. Yep.
0: yep. That's what I'm saying. Jersey sucks. You have to <laughs> agree with MJF jersey sucks it is a cesspool
1: i love when mjf like tweets or posts like like a picture of him looking disgusted and he's like jersey he like that's his caption <laughs> it's just so perfect that was
0: great
1: he has he pulls no punches for jersey at all
0: well brendan sent me a tiktok last night of mjf at a meet and greet and this little boy was standing there with him and he flips the little boy off
3: oh i've seen and
0: it the little boy tried to flip him off he goes it's not two and he kind of breaks (laughs) character and you're like oh so he's actually a decent human kind of sorta
1: yeah he he will he goes straight up to the line crosses it but yeah you know i think mjf honestly the reason why he's at where he's at is you believe him like you even just said he's actually a good human being because you believe the character more than who the human being is behind There's not been a wrestler that's been able to do that for a long, long time. Usually you can see straight through who they are, you know, or for example. Who's
0: the last wrestler that you would say could do that?
1: Oh, that put me in disbelief. Uh, Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to go with an easy answer. I'm going to go with uh, CM Punk. You know, Punk, you never knew, you know, he he blurred the line so much. I think his real life persona, I think there's a real genuine human being when you go underneath Punk, you know, he's just a comic book geek that loves wrestling. And, you know, he he's he's kind of just really down to earth and chill. But when you see him in the mic and he's dropping pipe bombs and he's you know, he was the MJF back then. He was the guy who was blasting everyone and putting on the storm. You believed everything you said, and that's why he had such a movement behind him. That's why he was so strong. That's why I think this feud works so well is because you kind of have the old punk and you have the new MJF, and yet they're like the weird, old
0: school versus new school,
1: but they're cut from the same cloth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they they suspend your belief, or at least one did for a while, and now MJF is pressing the gas pedal on that as well. So,
0: Anything to say, did? Not really. All right, so AEW is treating us with another wrestling event tonight, Battle of the Belts, uh, here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, they're loving North Carolina here recently. They were just in Greensboro. They're in Charlotte tonight. They're going to be in Raleigh on Wednesday. So we've got <gasps> <laughs> Baker and Reho. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Our it's- new AEW champion, yeah, it's Brandon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Baker and Riho, I've talked about this till I'm blue in the face. You know who's winning,
0: it's got to be Baker. I don't think they're gonna let her drop a belt this soon
1: it's agree. Bigger, 100%. All right, guys, so our, our, I will tweet anything you want me to tweet. After if, if Riho wins, I will we'll <laughs> okay,
0: okay, we have uh, that on record. You have it always <laughs> oh, gonna be good, too. <laughs> yeah.
1: God, I swear Baker's gonna like break her leg mid match and they're gonna have to change directions. <laughs> and it's gonna oh it's gonna be the worst
0: I, i'm gonna get this message from Brandon is like fuck you catherine
1: <laughs> no, I, I will i will tweet it and i will log off twitter for three months so.
0: <laughs> so next we were supposed to have the tnt champion cody rose versus brendan's favorite guy sammy gavaro oh uh, yeah uh, cody's been quarantined for covid yep. so dustin rhodes is put in his place for an interim TNT championship. I got Sammy winning this now. If Cody was going to be there, I was going to have Cody because I don't think they're going to let Cody drop the belt this soon. But now I think they're going to let Sammy win.
1: Brendan, who you got?
0: Sadly, Sammy. Yeah. You're mad at Sammy Guevara because he's tapping Tay Conti and that's your girl.
2: I've just never liked him to begin with anyways. He
1: kinda is a little unlikable, I won't lie. You know, he has like, a punchable face. Yeah, I he is a back vibe He's got the
0: John Walker face, Brandon. And he would say a face yeah. I want to punch.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I can't disagree with you, Brandon. And I what I love though about this is because I it took me by surprise. It was like a quick little like dubbed over. You could tell like the announcer you when they post edit something, because he came on and he's like, and now um, you know. We just learned that Sammy is going to be facing Dustin Rhodes. You could tell like it was just filmed in a little studio out of nowhere. I don't know if you heard it, but I did. And it was just, oh, wait, what? What happened? And so, yeah, but what I love about what they're doing is they're actually having an interim belt. They're going to still have a title match. That's cool. We don't see that. We never really see that um, in in UFC fights. They do it all the time champions get hurt. They're unable to perform. They're unable to compete until three, six months later. So let's have a title fight. It's an interim belt and have the interim champion face the actual champion and have it go on. A part of me wants to say Sammy Guevara, and that's what I think is going to happen. Storytelling wise, I think it would be really cool though, if Dustin won, because their match was one of my favorite matches ever have the Rhodes brothers fight for this title and Rhodes continues this asshole heelish I uh, you know where he's trying to be the good guy but he's really just the dickhead in charge and where he even has influence over his over his own family you know I think there's more story to tell you've already said that you've already told the Guevara story this was just going to continue to build Rhodes heat I think he can build more heat with Dustin so I want to see Dustin win this match but money is on Guevara because the reason why was this to have this complete blow off and to have the blow off, you need Guevara to win and it keeps the TNT champions to a minimum. So Guevara's is winning uh, this match, but I want Dustin to win just because storytelling possibilities open up a lot more.
0: And then we were told last night on rampage also that Ricky Starks will be fighting Matt Seidel for the FTW championship. I'm going I, Ricky Starks. I love Ricky Starks.
1: I, I want to see Seidel win this so bad just because storytelling. You know, have someone just steal the belt away from Team Taz. Let it be my, Matt Seidel, who's a crazy renegade high flyer. Uh, I think it would, be, it would bring Team Taz a little bit into the focal point, into the limelight a little bit. I'm always about who wins. I'm always looking at storytelling. What can you tell story-wise? And so... I have a want who I think is going to win and who I want to win, but I, I'll go because there's no build to this. They're not changing the title, you know. If there was a lot more build to it, I would believe there's a chance. Since there's zero build except this quick little commentary note by Starks, I think it was on Rampage. Yeah, um, yeah I really, yeah. the the The, the winner's going to be Starks. Yeah, he's taking it.
0: What do you got, Brendan?
2: Starks. Like Brandon said, there's no build up to it. So what's well, really the point of changing the title if it's not built up as a feud? Mm-hmm. Just throw two guys together for a title.
3: Yeah.
2: Hey, he and has unless, a he has if, a well they Let's
0: throw these them. two guys, yeah. They throw these two guys together, Sidel wins, and then you start the feud and the build up. And then you may see eventually, you know, Seidel and Dante Martin Mm -hmm. become, I don't want to say partners, but companions, so to say, against Team Taz.
1: I would really like to see that. I just think it's also Matt Seidel. You know what I mean? I think if it was like a Darby Allen or someone else, you know, like I could easily see that just a sudden announcement and boom, title change i think sidell is your easy this is going to be a good match for television guy and that's why he's there so
0: yeah that's why i don't think they're going to switch the belt
1: yeah
0: okay i think we covered everything in aew today
1: all right (laughs) hey two hours uh but they that that was a that was a a,
0: that sounds like a brandon podcast sometimes
1: (laughs) oh gosh yeah it it is uh definitely hey i saw your link with emmy all right yeah you get two chatty Cathys on the podcast you're gonna go (laughs) for a few hours all right there's a reason why i probably record six hours and i put out three hours because we're just we don't shut up so uh yeah clinton you have to go at least two hours man so that's it
0: So we want to thank Brandon for joining us today on our AEW review. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to give you this chance to uh, tell our listeners where they can find your podcast and stuff. If you want to shoot that out.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. All of you in the studio audience. Really, you've been beautiful. No, 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 don't. Guys, don't worry about it. Thank you. No. All right. All right. Well, no, you can find me uh, on Twitter at the awesome 5000. You can find me hosting a weekly show called The Avengers Podcast. We are available anywhere you get your podcast platforms and on social media, Facebook, Twitter instagram twitch youtube whatever um love 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 it we're taking kind of a deep breath right now um so this is what's kind of fun is we get to do these things we're not kind of in the middle of all this content creation so we get to hang out with some awesome awesome listeners uh, such as brendan and Catherine. so thank you both for having me on the show um I think you guys are going to continue doing some amazing work here. If you ever need someone to speak AEW, I will be your guy. If you need someone to speak musicals, uh, get the fuck out. And uh, I,
0: <laughs> That's I, what I, we have in me for.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So I appreciate you both giving me this platform and to hang out with you guys. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun.
0: Thank you. And as we say on the mid podcast, we are mid out.
2: Adios, internet people.